Welcome to the Hypno Toad Podcast on the Heartland College Sports Podcast Network. The round out of sound back again with the dog days of summer. It is a scorcher outside, so if you can listen to this podcast in your car or even better in your home full of AC, I would recommend that. If you're one of those people who listens to the podcast while you're out going and doing stuff, running, walking, working out, I know a lot of you guys check the podcast out while you're uh, lifting the big weights. Congratulations, you're better than me. Jam Pack Podcast, we're doing uh, the first of a five-episode installment of Position Previews. I know you're thinking to yourself, every other podcast in the world is doing that. We're going to have a unique spin, a unique spin on uh, the pre- uh, position previews. So hopefully you'll enjoy that. And then, of course, baseball adds a coach and basketball gets their schedules. So a jam-packed episode, as always, it's going to be a lot of fun. Good time to tell you to win a free college sports koozie. Leave a rating and review on iTunes. Easy way to do it. Apple Podcasts, write your review of the Hypnotoad Podcast, screenshot it, send it to Pete Mundo. Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com. That's heartlandcollegesports.com. And win a free Heartland College Sports koozie by leaving a rating and review on Apple Podcasts. Then, of course, you can listen to podcasts everywhere else. If this is the first time, thanks for joining us. Thanks for checking us out. If you are a multi-time listener, thanks for continuing to support the podcast. It is still one of the fastest-growing podcasts on the network. Wouldn't happen without you guys. And as football season approaches quickly, all we're going to do is continue to grow. So thank you guys for that. Let's go into it. Let's start with uh, the position previews. All right. So we started with the quarterback position, the most important position on the field. The difference from last year to this year is the hype around one Chandler Morris. So last year's Davey O'Brien winner, Max Duggan, he's gone. Goes to the L.A. Chargers, gets drafted in the seventh round. With him, he takes over 3,600 yards and 32 passing touchdowns and almost 500 yards on the ground and nine rushing touchdowns. He was a dual-threat quarterback that really made the first year of Sonny Dykes, the first year of Garrett Riley, work, right? Well, then Duggan gets drafted, Garrett Riley leaves, and it leaves us with Chandler Morris, who is the week one starter last year, Sonny Dykes, with all of the hype and the attention of the national and regional media on him. Oh, yeah, and by the way, new OC and a guy that, take the name off of it, solid OC. You put the name off of it, a lot of uh, stomachs turn Kendall Bryles. Chandler Morris right now looks to be the leader in the clubhouse. In fact, it doesn't look like he's the leader in the club la- clubhouse. He is. Chandler Morris is your going to be your week one starter. He has been... Uh, consistent in practice, according to all uh, reports. He looked consistent in the spring game, according to all reports. And uh, he comes back with the most experience of all the quarterbacks that we're going to go through here. There are not one, not two, not three, but six different quarterbacks uh, that are on this roster currently. And we're recording this podcast on Wednesday. So unless somebody changes, transfers out, drops out of school, this is what we got going on. Six quarterbacks on the roster. I'm not against it. I don't hate it. There's a lot of uh, teams that would like to have a little bit of a quarterback depth chart. There's a lot of teams that wish that they had a quarterback depth chart like uh, TCU has. It's interesting because Chandler Morris, a sophomore, six foot 195 pounds. He was the day one starter for the Horns last year, uh, for the Horn Frogs last year. He went up against Colorado with a 38-13 win in week one. Unfortunately... He hurt his MCL, sprained it, caused him to miss a chunk of time. In that time, it's kind of like the old uh, Lou, uh, uh, Luke Eric story 
where the first baseman takes a playoff or takes a day off or whatever, and then Luke Eric goes on this incredible run of consecutive games. Well, that's kind of what happened to Morris last year. He missed a couple games because of the MCL injury. By the time he was ready to come back, Duggan had already taken his job, and it really shows maturity, and it really shows the type of leader that he is that he was able to see that and take a back seat. Now, granted, because TCU doesn't win the national championship, I think if they did last year, it would be a completely different conversation. I think we would be having a similar situation that Alabama had with Jalen Hurts and Tua Tagovailoa. If you remember that, Jalen Hurts subbed out at halftime of the 2018 national championship. Tua takes over the whole next year, a little bit of a quarterback controversy. Because Chandler Morris was so, I think, willing to give uh, Duggan the starting spot, and I think that the coaching staff was so committed to Max Duggan and what he was doing on the field, and the fact that TCU was winning as a program, there wasn't any quarterback controversy. A lot of that's alleviated this year, of course, because Duggan is gone. So there isn't any question of who's going to be the starter. It's going to be Chandler Morris. He passed for almost 700 yards and three TDs in the four games, including a 400 passing yard game against Baylor. Now, if you've been keeping up with the way that the Big 12 media has been voting, I will be completely honest here. We don't get I don't get a vote. Nobody's asked me to vote on these things. Otherwise, these polls would look a lot different. I can promise you that. Baylor's picked to finish in the top half of the conference. I think mostly in part because the new teams that they're bringing in, a lot of people aren't super thrilled or they don't have a lot of um stock in UCF or Houston or BYU. Whereas Baylor, a legacy team in the Big 12, they, I think that more people are going off the name brand than they're going off the team on the field. Baylor probably will be better than they were last year. That 400-yard game that Chandler Morris threw, I think a lot of people at this point are kind of chalking that up to Baylor not being very good last year. I think that's where we're at with it. So Chandler Morris is your leader in the clubhouse. He's your QB number one. But there is a solid backup option in senior uh, Chance Nolan. So he's a transfer from Oregon State. The name probably doesn't ring a bell to a lot of people because Oregon State, the worst team or one of the worst teams in the Pac-12. But to get to that level of play, the Pac-12, still Power 5 conference. Uh, Nolan, still a solid uh, uh, quarterback. Former Beaver, he played five games last season, passed for 939 yards, seven TDs, and eight interceptions before he moved on to TCU. So he's going to be the backup, essentially. That's what it's looking like right now. But the one guy, the X factor in this quarterback room is Josh Hoover, who's a redshirt freshman. The thing that you need to take note of, this is the, the big thing. TCU quarterbacks, none of them taller than Nolan at six foot three. So the entire quarterback room is six foot three and shorter. Does that matter? Does size matter at the quarterback position? Some would tell you yes. I'm going to tell you probably not really. Right, probably not as important as people are making it out to be, especially for the offense that Kendall Bryles, especially for the offense that Sonny Dykes run. You got to think that the entire idea of the air raid was perfected in college football, but the person who's probably played it the best in the NFL, who's taken that air raid offense to the next level, who was the all-time passing leader for a couple weeks before Tom Brady beat him, was Drew Brees. Drew Brees, not a tall quarterback. Okay, so there is a real world here that you don't need to have a six foot five Tom Brady or a six foot six, you know, whoever. You don't need a super tall quarterback. You can have a guy who's six foot three and still competitive at the quarterback position. I'm fine with quarterbacks not being super tall. 
redshirt Josh Hoover is six foot one. So he and I are about the same size, even though I weigh about 50 pounds more than him. Uh, <laughs> if there was one player that made a lot of noise in the spring, of course, that would be the redshirt freshman. In the spring, he impressed coaches and, and media and everybody alike. And uh, look, Morris is clearly the QB1. I don't think that there's a question here. He seems like the guy that if there was a quarterback controversy, if something happened to Morris again this season, if that MCL injury rears an ugly head again, God forbid if that it would be honestly terrible, terrible situation for TCU athletics and the football program if anything happened to Chandler Morris. They should do their best, their damnedest, to make sure he stays upright and that that knee looks good. But if there was a problem, I would put Josh Hoover as the guy who potentially could have a Max Duggan-esque run where a little bit of a quarterback controversy, you throw out a Chance Nolan early, you see what he has. If he doesn't have it, TCU, still a team pick to finish in the top five in the conference. So if, say this happens, you know, again, this, again, hypotheticals, you probably don't need to be breaking all these things down. But if there was a situation where Morris got hurt, I would not be surprised if Kendall Bryles and uh, Sonny Dykes decided to go with Hoover just to see what the redshirt freshman has. As a, an X factor, a guy who's a little bit more mobile, that would be the guy who I would say potentially is in that Max Duggan role if Chandler Morris gets hurt, which we hope doesn't happen. All right, moving on. Grant Tisdale, he's a senior, six foot. He is a redshirt quarterback out of Old Miss. Then he played two seasons at Southeastern Louisiana. It's his final season of eligibility, I believe. I think this is the last year that he has uh, from what I've been looking at on uh, the roster for TCU Athletics. I believe this is his final season. If it is his final season, he is going to be a locker room leader position, just a guy who is a journeyman, a guy who's going to potentially help a guy like Hoover, uh, help players like a sophomore Luke Party, who we're going to get here in a moment. And uh, yeah, just a guy who maybe helps Morris read some defenses, has a little bit of a inside track when it comes to SEC football, too, as a two-year uh, player at uh, Old Miss. It seems like more of a, we bring a quarterback in, he's hanging out here, he learns on his Sunday Dykes and Kendall Bryles, and then in like seven years, eight years, we're hearing about Grant Tisdale as the OC at like Vanderbilt. You know what I mean? That's kind of where I feel like his role fits most. Luke Party, sophomore quarterback, hasn't played a snap for TCU after being there uh, for two years. <laughs> he was a all-area player at Colleen Kane High School in Houston, and help them get their first ever playoff berth. So again, sophomore quarterback in the same class as Chandler Morris, which makes me pause a little bit for him. I feel bad for the guy because he's not going to see any playing time. I imagine with uh, this uh, quarterback room, there's a lot of more capable quarterbacks ahead of him. I don't imagine that he gets any playing time. I do think that he will be playing at a different school next year. That's my hot take in uh, July. And then there's Jacob Porter, the redshirt freshman who was a redshirt last year, played his high school football at Timber Creek. He's six foot two, 176 pounds. We have no idea what this guy does. I have no idea what this guy does. If you know who Jacob Porter is and you want to tweet at me at Andrew, Andrew underscore Zimmel on Twitter and tell me that this is the next uh, Johnny Manziel or the, the next Cam Newton or whatever, this is the next guy that gets TCU football to the next level. If that is your take on Porter, maybe you know, you're know you related to him, shout out to that. But I don't see another place. He's the sixth quarterback on the depth chart 
if he gets any playing time, uh, TC football took a very sharp left turn. So we'll see what happens there. There is your first installment of the preview, positional preview. Look, the quarterback position for TCU is the most important position in the field. Like every other team in college football, without a good quarterback, your team's not going to be any good. So if they can get the quarterback position right, and I believe that they do with Chandler Morris, then this is a program who can win a lot of games. The funny thing is, is that even if Morris has an incredible season, he will be probably the fourth or fifth most talked about quarterback in the conference. Fourth or fifth most talked about quarterback in the conference because of what's happening at Texas with Quinn Ewers and Archie Manning, what's happening at Texas Tech, what's happening uh, just across the conference. So he is not going to be the guy that other people are going to be talking about. It's just going to be you and me who are talking about Chandler Morris week to week. So you know, make sure if you're into Chandler Morris, uh, this is the podcast for you because we are all going to have to be super fans of his uh, because if he has a good season, TCU football will have an even better season. Kendall Bryles historically has turned bad quarterbacks, good, good quarterbacks, really good. I don't think that he has turned a good quarterback great, whereas Garrett Riley turned Duggan into an NFL player last year. I don't think that if Garrett Riley is the, is the OC, I think if there's a different OC, TCU football isn't good last year or isn't as good last year. They're not in the national championship, and uh, Max Duggan probably doesn't win the Davey O'Brien Award, even if he puts up similar numbers. Uh, he's not in that conversation. Garrett Riley really, really, really helped uh, Duggan last year. That's my take. And we time will tell if uh, Kendall Bryles can help Chandler Morris kind of reach that next level. All right, moving on. TCU baseball, after an Omaha trip, they add to the coaching staff. They bring in David Lawn, who has a ton of coaching experience, former assistant head coach, over 30 years of coaching experience, specifically for pitching, recruiting uh, in the past couple stops. He had a tenure at Arizona. He comes uh, and after the Wildcats had made the College World Series twice and the NCAA baseball tournament five times in eight seasons. From 2016 to 2020, 23 players of his have gone to play professional baseball. He added to the total with five more players after his instruction getting drafted with Chase Davis going 22nd overall in the 2023 draft. So why do you bring a guy like David Lawn onto uh, the staff that's already chock full of experience, already chock full of winners? Well, because he has that reputation of getting guys to the league. TC pitching was not very good last year. You and I both agree. I, I was very hot on uh, them at the beginning of the season. The season continued. There was a lot of head scratching, a lot of like, what are we doing? The tournament rolled around, and they looked incredible. And then they did. And then they did. And then they did. Right? So, very inconsistent. David Long comes in, hopefully can put a more steady hand on that pitching staff, even if he's just an additional voice in the bullpen. You go and get a guy like that because now you have the opportunity to restock and reload as the summer ball season starts to wrap up. In Texas, currently, it's July. Well, it's July everywhere. But currently, what we're dealing with is the end of the tournament ball season, and we're going to roll into fall ball. This is where TCU baseball is going to be stretched really thin. 
because you have to focus on your guys and get them ready for the spring, but you also need to recruit and have eyes on sophomores and juniors across the state of Texas because that is where the pool of talent for the Horned Frog baseball program currently resides. So you get a guy like David Lawn who has put guys in professional baseball who I think a lot of coaches and parents might recognize the name, especially in the western part of the state, some of those guys who left the state of Texas to go play at Arizona. You get a guy like that, you hope that he adds to your coaching staff and you hope that he can bring in more professional baseball talent. Because let's be completely honest here, the top two picks in the baseball draft this previous season played at LSU, LSU won the national championship. It's not rocket science, it's simple math. The more professional baseball players you have getting college degrees, the better your program will be. TCU is going to try, I think, to build the same system that LSU has done, that Wake Forest has done, that Florida has done in the past, and that TCU is currently doing right now, putting guys in the league. The more professional baseball players you can convince to play college baseball for you, the better your teams will be. David Lawn hopefully helps to that, helps add to that. All right. Lastly, we talk basketball pairings. So every team in the conference will continue to play their 18 conference games this coming season. Got to remember, we added four teams. The previous years, those 18 games meant each team would play a home-and-home series with each team in the league, which was very nice. It was very simple. You knew, okay, we're going to play Kansas State in Manhattan, then they're going to come down to Fort Worth. We're going to go to Austin, then they're going to come to us. It was simple. Now with 14 teams... There's a different matrix that is needed, a different math that is needed. So opponents were selected based on combination of geography, historical results, which means rivalries, of course, and polls of coaches of the best balance of the schedule in terms of travel and competitiveness. You don't want to be having to go to Morgantown and also going to Central Florida and also having to go to Waco, right? Like, whatever. You don't want to have to go to all these different spots. You want to have a good balance of home and away. So we'll go through the men's, and then we'll go through the women's. The full Big 12 schedule will be released at a later date, but here's what we know so far. TCU men's basketball, they will have home and away games. So the home and away with Baylor, which makes sense, rivalry. Cincinnati, which makes sense. Iowa State, Texas Tech, and West Virginia. First thing that catches my uh, right off the bat, I don't want to go to Morgantown. Uh, I don't really want to go to Ames. So... Having both those on the first year of, like, we're going to go those places, not exactly in love with it, but I get it. Here's what I really bo- what really bothers me is that I want to play Kansas State in Fort Worth, and we're going to find out here that we don't do that at all. They will host. TCU plays at home against UCF, Houston, Oklahoma, and Texas. TCU, because they were an NCAA tournament team last year, that's the only thing I can think of. Because they were an NCAA tournament team last year and because Texas and Oklahoma are on their way out of the conference and they know that we, the fans, we, the donors, we, the alums, want to see TCU basketball kick Texas and kick Oklahoma's ass one more time, we get to host those teams. So they will host UCF, Houston, Oklahoma, and Texas. They will travel to BYU, Kansas, Kansas State, and Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's good every year. They might not be great every year. They're good every year. Kansas is incredible every year. That's a blue blood. I don't want to go to Lawrence and go play Kansas. And I don't want to only have to go to Kansas State. That's a budding rivalry in the conference across sports. 
football, basketball, and baseball, for men's sports at least. I want Kansas State to have to come to Fort Worth. I want a home-and-home with Kansas State. I'm disappointed that that's how that uh, shook out. All right, let's go to TCU women's basketball, which if you remember last year, got absolutely zero coverage on this podcast. They weren't any good. This year, things are going to change. Home and away games with BYU, Houston, Texas, Texas Tech, West Virginia. That makes sense. Uh, the Texas and the Texas Tech ones, I really enjoy. Both those uh, women's basketball programs are going to be good. I'm not in love, again, going to West Virginia, but it makes sense because Morgantown, you're going to go with the men's and the women's. I imagine both those programs will leave uh, and play games, maybe, a, maybe an early game and a late game, but odds are they're going to go at the same time. Because you don't, you only want to make one trip to Morgantown a year. Uh, TCU women's basketball will host UCF, Oklahoma State, Kansas, and Kansas State. So because men's basketball has to travel to Kansas State, women's basketball gets to host Kansas and Kansas State. It makes a little bit more sense. I'm, uh, we'll go with it. We'll accept it this first year when Texas and Oklahoma leave. Things will go back to normal, a little bit more normal at least. And um, I'm not exactly in love with it, but I get it. And then they will travel to Baylor, Cincinnati, Iowa State, and Oklahoma. So the inverse of the men's team, women's basketball travels to Baylor, Cincinnati, Oklahoma, or Iowa State, and uh, Oklahoma. All right. There is your men's and women's Big 12 basketball schedule. Again, the thing that really stood out to me, TCU men get to host Oklahoma and Texas. they got to go to Kansas State. Those are the three that really stick out to me. And then, of course, going to Kansas. Not having a home game against Kansas is rough. Um Especially considering that I think we split last year with them. So it's not impossible. It's not likely, but it's not impossible. All right, that'll do it for the podcast. Next week, we will be breaking down the running back position, uh, talking about all the different things. This entire offense lost a lot of talent, which means there's going to be a lot of new names to learn. So we're doing that week by week, uh, getting you ready for kickoff in uh, September. So it's going to be a lot of fun. That'll do it for the podcast. You can subscribe, rate, review wherever you get it. Please make sure you uh, uh, give us a review on Apple Podcast. Screenshot it, send it to Pete Mundo, M-U-N-D-O, at harlancollegesports.com. And uh, thank you guys for listening to the Hypnotoad Podcast. Tweet at me at uh, Andrew underscore Zimmel. And, of course, continue to share the podcast wherever you get it. We will talk to you guys next week.